Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, Benji and I are talking about these five stages of getting unstuck, of creating meaning and flow, allowing yourself to experience the flow of life. A lot of people talk about flow, but the most simple version of flow is just that there's no resistance. You're just kind of going with the way that life is meant to be pushing you and you stop holding on to the rails and complaining and losing your focus and all this. And this typically happens when you're clear about the direction that you want your life to go. And so we have a bonus three levels of goal setting and all of this is coming from people much wiser than ourselves. So please listen up. This is really an attempt to answer the question of what is fulfillment, which is my greatest question of 2023 that I will answer in great clarity, at least to satisfy myself and hopefully for you as well. And this is a great leap forward in that pursuit of finding out what does fulfillment look like? Because actually we kind of outlined it in this episode. So welcome to the future. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to say welcome back all at once, simultaneously, in, in real order. time. Benji and I are coming to you in three dimension, which is important to recognize. This is our actual voice. It's not AI. We're in a time in which we're going to have to specify these things coming up. Like, this is actually us. Maybe. We didn't automate the process. Yeah, soon enough, I was honestly researching. They have AI voice emulators, so you can put in your voice, and then it gets to know your voice, and then it can just churn out stuff. And so potentially in the future, we can have chat AI, you know, GPT will say, hey, write a podcast in the style of Benji and Andrew, and then mm -hmm. we can funnel that into the voice emulator, and then bam, we can just sit back and drink mimosas. That was amazing. The twist is this entire podcast has been written by AI. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it will be soon. Yeah, I'm confused. At what point is reality not reality? <laughs> but Benji, just so you know. What? The most important thing that you can do right now is get a grip of your mind. <laughs> really. mm. There's so many things already we know that our attention is being grabbed by anybody that we allow to get their hands in our minds. They will gladly do so, whether it's social media, the old school media whether it's, I don't know, society, all sorts of dysfunctional people, they will grab at you, especially porn. It's like knocking on your door continually. It's so important to have mastery over your mind and heart now more than ever, because we're going into such uncharted territory and nobody has any advice. We're like, what do you do when AI is capable of doing this and that? We don't know. Right. We've never done this before. So best case scenario yeah. is at least you can choose of your own volition. And that is only possible. If you have control of your mind. You know, that's hundred percent, I believe true. There's a guy that I am mentoring and he is in his fifties. Like every day we're checking in, he's freaking out. Every day is like the Terminator is coming and the recession and people have no idea what's ahead of us and everyone's oblivious. And only I know it's like this really doomsday mentality. Yeah. And I'm just like, you can continue to believe that whether it's true or not, let it consume you because stressors and being stressed are different things. You can take a stressor and learn how to manage it and not let it get stress you out, or you can take a stressor and respond to it in a productive way. And this is why some people who have think of like the stay-at-home single mother or father with four kids and is working 18 hours a day and has no money and is happy. And if you put a different person in that scenario and they just get stressed out all the time. So 
we're going through this process of exactly like you're saying, helping him have the mental fortitude and grit and strength to not see all that and freak out and get stressed out, but be like, okay, how is this affecting me and how can I deal with it productively? Because not everybody's responding the same way, which means that depending on who you are and your emotional intelligence, you can respond to it in a different way. That's what you guys are here for. I want to tie this all back to the work that you're doing here in Ainu, which is I've sorted this out in my mind. Humanity is giving birth to something. We've collectively have given birth to a few things over our existence as a human race. And some have been good, but most have been bad. So industrialization, that is a pretty cool thing because it got people away from some pretty death-defying jobs and we've automated. I mean, that was automated making the car and all this stuff. But ultimately, we didn't really plan ahead for how much pollution are we going to be creating and all this stuff. And we've polluted the crap out of our water, out of our air, and everything has been touched by this giant industrialization of everything. Even the food that we eat now is like industrialized. So obviously, it was good and it helped more people get more stuff, but now we're at the limitations. Now we're collectively giving birth to something known as AI, which nobody fully understands, but it's being born out of every single thing that we search. So every time you interact with AI, you're creating a feedback loop. So if we're looking up healthy stuff, then you're creating a healthy baby. And it's not something that any one person can control. It's being born out of our collective consciousness. So as this pertains to high noon, guys and gals, the more that you clean up your own psyche, your own spirituality, the more that whatever we're giving birth to collectively, and it could be AI, but it's just the future in general. That's your kids. The healthier you are, the healthier it will be. It's so vital that you clean yourself up because these existential threats don't matter. If we're united, we'll deal with anything. Humanity is incredibly resilient, right? Mm -hmm. Only when we work together. But we're also very destructive when we're focusing on our dysfunctions and when we're divided. So the only way we can actually create unity collectively is if we have ownership over our, our mind and our heart, period. Mm -hmm. So it'll be fine. People are like, oh, well, things are never going to be the same. It's like, well, th that's probably a good thing because what we're used to now doesn't work. There's people all over the world dying for no reason at all. There's all sorts of pain and suffering still to this day. We're not happy people. We're just afraid of what might be. But the other side of that could be the greatest world that we've ever mm -hmm. seen. So who knows? But that world will only be born of people who can create it. So if you want to be that person, then that means you got to do some stuff. We all got a lot of work to do internally before our external world reflects something beautiful. Which brings me to something really cool, Benji. So we're making a podcast here, but we also listen to podcasts. And I don't have one go-to podcast. Do you have any go-to podcasts? Just high noon. That's it. <laughs> you only listen to yourself as you go to sleep. <laughs> yes. All the time. <laughs> well, I was listening to something. I can't listen to podcasts all the time at the gym because sometimes it just puts me in my head too much and I can't be in my body. And then I just don't have the power to lift 5,000 pounds. But last night I listened to music and then I was at a lighter part of my workout and I started listening to a podcast. And it was interviewing this guy named Stephen Cutler, who you should look up. He has a lot of amazing books out there. I've listened to him. I've read him a bit. But he was talking about something that really is important for us to understand. He studies humans and he knows the brain really, really well. There's people like us who learn from people who study the brain, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going in and doing research. I'm not creating scientific papers on neurochemistry, but I'm learning from those people who are. He's one of those guys who are 
down there in the trenches doing this work, okay? And he was talking about five intrinsic motivators. So if you are feeling lost, if you're watching porn, let's say, and you don't want to, there's actually a process to get yourself out of that feeling stuckness and into a place of like where you're really intently going after something and it's bringing the best out of you, which is us at our best. The opposite of hating your life and feeling sick about your decisions is you're so obsessed with life because it's so exciting and you're creating something that you're really proud of. That's like us at our very best. Have you ever experienced that, Benji? Yeah, 100%. When was the last time you experienced it? Give us an example. Uh, probably giving talks, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, preparing for and giving talks. I like to say that I try my best when I give a presentation, like make the slides and make them as humorous as I can and have passion and real connection to it. And I guess that's like the state of flow that I feel like I'm in. And I feel very blessed to do that kind of thing, but also very nervous. And I'm very insecure, actually, which I think is surprising to people. But I'm very insecure about the way that I present and things I say, because I'm always thinking like, should I have done this better? How did that come off? But when I get to the state where I just forget myself and just think, these people are here because they have a problem that I have a solution for, that I might have a solution for them. And if that's them, then this could change their life. And so then it's not about me, it's about them. And for me, that's like the state of flow. It's the same with like music, because I love playing music. It's like guitar singing and stuff. I used to be in the band in our church. My wife and I play all the time at home. Whenever I think about like how I am being perceived by people or how it sounds or whatever, it sucks. And it's just not pleasant. But do I think about like, this is a collective experience for the people that were performing, we're singing together and it's not a performance, but it's a worship. It's other centric and not self-centered. <laughs> and yeah. those are great examples because it actually fits into this model. So what we're going to get into is the five intrinsic motivators, but also the three levels of goals that we actually need in our life. And this is according to one guy, but again, decades of studying this phenomenon, really looking at thousands and thousands and thousands of cases to really narrow this down. And take from it what you will. But I think I can see that I do this naturally when I'm feeling lost. I go through this process and I didn't know it until he kind of formulated it into like a very clear process that is very much needed for humans. We'll start with the five intrinsic motivators and I'll list them all and then we can unpack. And it's got to be in this order. There's an order to this. This is very systematic. So first one is curiosity. Second mm -hmm. one is passion. Third one is purpose. Fourth one is autonomy, and the fifth one is mastery. Now, what he's mentioning is this really only applies to people who are not just like struggling their brains out. His example was this can't really apply to you in life in general if you're barely making rent or if you're like on the streets or whatever, because you have to have the foundation of stability. As this pertains to sexuality, then if you're struggling your brains out and you're just watching porn all day, then it's much more important to get a grip so that you can take a breath and get into this, okay? But the first thing was very interesting because you and I just recorded this podcast, which was curiosity, mm -hmm. right? So his example was when you fall in love with somebody, you become very curious about them. And so he was saying that this produces some chemicals in your brain that cause you to really focus and start asking some deep questions. But you can see the same of, let's say, sexual integrity. When you start going through this journey and you start realizing, oh my God, I always seem to act out on this certain day of the week. Remember, we were at a workshop and this 
somebody was saying, I always seem to act out on a Tuesday or something. Like, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was like a very specific day. Oh no, I was in a breakout with somebody. It was like, oh yeah, now that I think of it, I always seem to act out on a Tuesday. And he had never realized that until our conversation. And the reason was because he's in youth ministry. So all of his work is on the weekend. So he wants to stay clean and clear for the weekends. And then he's still working through Monday to tie up loose ends. And then finally on Tuesday, it's far enough away from the weekend and it's kind of his day off. So he allows himself this break, but he never realized that until he became curious. That curiosity starts the process of really focusing, focusing your attention. And he said that this is not like innate where it's just out of your control. It's like, if you really want something, you'll become curious about it. And so in terms of sexual integrity, it's really cool to start being curious about yourself and why you do the things that you do. And if you are genuinely curious, you'll start to unravel this mystery that you didn't even know existed because you just weren't curious enough to seek after this. And so the second thing is passion. You're saying that passion is on the back end of curiosity. And you said very specifically, it's not passion in the model that's presented, say on YouTube or whatever, is like somebody who's at the top of like Michael Jordan is really passionate about basketball. He was like, no, no, it's much more like how little kids can just be really passionate about something, Mm. right? They're curious about it and then they become obsessive about it and then Mm. it becomes their passion. It could be Legos. It could be anything. He said it's the cross-section of a ton of different curiosities kind of meeting together, creating this kinetic energy that's just like very explosive and it results in passion. It results in like this feeling like this is new, this is exciting. I want more of this, right? And it's creating this feedback loop. Your curiosity compounded over time creates a sense of passion. And then that leads to purpose. So purpose is adding a layer of meaning to your passion. Let's say the Lego example, like I really love Lego. And then you build this little thing is like, but that's not enough. I want to build something bigger. Like I want to build a castle. And then all of a sudden you have a purpose. You have like a location to put your passion. This purpose is like giving a framework to your passion. So again, in terms of sexual integrity, I'm trying to bring it back because that's what this podcast is about (laughs) ultimately, but you're starting to be curious about why you're doing what you're doing. And then you start having breakthroughs and you're like, whoa, I can control my fate. I can control my sexual energy. And then you're like, well, how far can I go with this? Like how much can I really funnel my energy towards purposeful sexual integrity and building myself up into somebody really powerful instead of just squandering it. And now you start to formulate this vision for yourself. You're giving yourself purpose. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. The fourth stage is autonomy. And so this is like the realization and the actualization of the fact that you are in control of your destiny. And that can only be felt. Somebody can tell you this. There are so many Instagram quotes of like, you are in control, like these kind of destiny quotes. And they sound very cool, but it doesn't change anything unless you really feel it, right? Mm -hmm. So to have autonomy is to really be the master of your own destiny. And 
when you have a feeling like I want to accomplish this, and then you take the courage and the time to like step out of your comfort zone and you start to create it, it's the most exhilarating thing in the world. A lot of people stop short of this in their life because they never have kids because although they would like to, there's something that prevents them from stepping into that place where it's possible. But in terms of your own life, to have autonomy means to really feel that you are in control of the things that you do in life, hmm. that there's nothing that's out of reach. Since a lot of us don't experience that often, a lot of times because we are stuck in a place where we don't have curiosity about anything for any great length of time, and then we don't cultivate passion, that never manifests into purpose, so that we're stuck. And then the last step is mastery. So this is the fifth one, which is where you've practiced enough to where you really feel competent in the thing that you want to do. So it's great to like, I want to be a millionaire, but can you handle money? That takes practice. I want to be the best at this skill. Cool. But are you willing to go through the drudgery of being bad at something enough until you get good at it? So public speaking, Benji, how many gigs have you done where you sucked and you embarrassed yourself? Yeah. I actually talk with this pretty often with people that want to get better at public speaking and they're very unconfident. And then I just say like, I've given hundreds hundreds and hundreds from sermons. I used to be a pastor like you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. I used to preach every Sunday, making videos, giving online presentations. So there's been a lot where I was like, wow, that didn't come off as I wanted to, or something just went way over people's heads or people were unengaged, or this was just the wrong topic for the wrong audience, something like that. So a lot. Absolutely. You got to struggle through it sometimes because even if you have that initial validation that makes you feel curious of like, can I go more on this? You'll still have some really dark, dark days. Like when I did comedy, my first <laughs> set was amazing. And I felt like I was invincible. My second set was the most embarrassing, traumatic event ever. And then I had many of those till I built myself up into somebody who just could handle yeah. not doing well in the moment and not freak out. Right. So that takes yeah. practice. So Again, the five stages were curiosity, passion, purpose, autonomy, and mastery. Mm. These are non-negotiable according to the author. And I really do agree in terms of like building yourself into somebody who's really engaged in life. So he was using that as an example for getting into flow. And he's written entire books on flow. But flow is a state of extreme focus and attention that you're giving the best of yourself to something that you've chosen and you do it repeatedly until you just get so good that it feels natural, right? Mm. And that's a great example, honestly, of that is Mr. Beast, where mm. he just loves the process so much that he was offered a billion dollars and he didn't even consider it because he's like, I love doing this. Last time I heard him interview, he was saying he still lives in like a two bedroom apartment with somebody else. He doesn't have a fancy car and he doesn't give a crap about any of that. He just loves making these videos. He spends all of his money on making more stuff. And so he's, truly wealthier than most billionaires who stash that money or worry about money because he's always going to be happy so long as he has something to invest himself into. That's joy. That's satisfaction. So the reason I think this is so important is because we've identified that fulfillment is the opposite of addiction, but fulfillment is only accomplished if you follow this kind of roadmap of being curious about something, developing passion. Like a lot of people think that passion just comes to you as like, What's your passion? A lot of people think like online, if you're going to start something like, well, what are you passionate about? Maybe you're not passionate about anything, but passion comes from this feedback loop of being curious about something enough 
that you're willing to suffer or give something of yourself, your time, your energy to learn more about it. And that creates a passion. So if you're not watching porn and you're not masturbating, then what are you doing? And if you don't already have a passion, then what are you curious about? That's a great place to start and start digging deep in that curiosity, go deeper and deeper and deeper until you start to create that passion. And then you start going into purpose. And then you start to create autonomy because you don't need to rely on other people to prop you up. You don't have to watch YouTube videos every two seconds to figure out what to do. You start to learn these skills and then you can actually create your own thing. And then you start to create mastery. And that's when you're like full speed ahead. You know, that's when you're like in a fast lane and you're just feeling so good. It just feels so comfortable because you've invested in it. And think about Benji, parenting. Put this in the context of marriage or parenting. In the Mm. beginning, you're very curious about the person and you might feel passionate about them. But in reality, you have no mastery over that person (laughs) by any means. So where do people get tripped up in this sequence? the most, do you think? Like I said, I feel like a lot of people think that you skip straight to passion. Mm, So they get stuck at not being curious first. Well, let's use this in the context of porn, Benji. This is used to their disadvantage. They become very curious about sex and then they start to feed porn and it becomes their passion, whether they like it or not. They're passionate about something that's not helping them. And it Mm. starts to just like they have a certain master, they develop a mastery over this dysfunction to where like they know exactly which websites to go to, what to do to get a certain feeling, but they're becoming a master of hurting themselves, (laughs) messing up their life. That's where a lot of people are at. And so the opposite of that would be to figure out, okay, generally, what would you like to see in your life and start to get curious about how to make that happen. That's so powerful, but to do it consciously. I think one of the hardest things that I've dealt with in my personal life until I was married, until I was blessed with my wife, is the lack of curiosity. Because when I hear curiosity, I think the opposite of curiosity, at least in my opinion, is arrogance, which is I know. And it's interesting to me how every year I know less and less than I think I do. And every year I look back, it's true. And I always heard people say this, like, you know, 60-year-olds, 7-year-olds who are like, I know so much less than I thought I did when I was a teenager. And it's called adolescent egocentrism, which is the idea like I know stuff, which drastically decreases your chances of learning because you're not curious. And so I struggle with this a lot because I grew up all like, I can do anything. I'm the bee's knees, the cat's whispers, the cat's pajamas, I'm the shit. And (laughs) it's like, if you bring that into a relationship, for example, you're bound for disaster. If you bring that into a marriage, think about that. 18 years old, Benji is like, I'm going to get blessed because I am going to be a good husband and I have what it takes to be in a relationship. Thank goodness I was willing to grow and learn from my mistakes and my pitfalls. But my wife was like, you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) And she taught me that, right? She's like, you do not know how to be in a relationship. You do not know how women work at all. (laughs) Because you grew up in America where on Hollywood, which portrays women in a completely wrong, inaccurate way. Anyways. But also just one brother. Yeah, one dude. Exactly. (laughs) Me, my brother, my dad, and my mom. Still happenings today. I swear to God. To this day, it's like, I always have to be like, wow, there's something I'm not knowing that I need to learn. So I've gotten a lot better, I would say, at finding people that have what I want and just asking them specifically. Like I'm facing the issue, who has a solution to my problem? I'm gonna find them and I'm gonna ask them because it's like a light year hack, fast tracking my growth as a person because there's someone that's already done it. It's just interesting how like, I talk to teenagers sometimes and you just talk to them and they'd be like, yeah, I know, I know. I was like, what are you, like, what? <laughs> you have no idea. And then I realized that that's how I was <laughs> when I was a teenager. And then when I'm your age, Andrew, I'll listen to this 
recording and I'll be like, I don't know. I can't believe Benji thought he knew what I was talking about, right? I've just accepted that's knowing that I don't know. And that starts with being curious. So the biggest, the realest recent example for this in my life has been, I was always really afraid to do one-on-one mentoring with men who have porn addictions. And I couldn't figure out why for a while until I got curious, even just like two years ago, people would approach me and be like, hey, can we talk? And I would be very selective because I'd be like, oh, this person is, you know, this, or they're a lot older than me, or they're from a different background than me or different beliefs or whatever. And I'd be like, no, sorry, I can't or make up some reason. And I'm reflecting on that until I got curious. And I was like, why is it that I know that I can help people in this area, but I'm not willing to do it? And I realized that the reason I was afraid is because I was giving power to this fear for a reason. I was afraid for it because I knew that it was the thing that I needed to do. It was a hint as to the direction I need to go in my life. So then I just started being curious and being like, okay, why is this? And then I realized that it was actually really stupid and silly because I felt like, who am I? Who am I to help people with their sexual integrity? And then what's interesting is I started talking with just like a few people. And then the threshold through which I started helping people was like, now then it's talking with somebody who's divorced. And then it's talking with somebody that mentoring somebody that's twice my age. And then it's mentoring someone that's three times my age. And then it's mentoring someone that has completely very different views and beliefs than I do. And the more I do it, it's like, I feel like I'm climbing this ladder to the point where I haven't mastered the skill of having mentoring relationships with men, but I am confident that I can talk with anybody and know I can help them. I feel like that's where the mastery level begins, where it's like, I'm confident that I know that if I have a conversation with someone that's really struggling with a porn addiction and they don't want to have a porn addiction, then I can help them and I can give them perspective. So that's like a very recent within the last year example of where I feel like I've been curious about something. I got really passionate about helping people because I realized that it wasn't about me. It was about what can I offer these people? And then the purpose is like, yeah, I feel like this is a big purpose for why I'm here. Yeah. So the opposite of curiosity, it seems, would be assertion, asserting yourself like I'm right and this is why you need to follow me, which is Mm -hmm. you can see our society is kind of stuck in this assertion. If you look at politics in general, societies kind of two camps asserting themselves and neither one is curious about the other. So the major problem. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention that this morning, this very morning, I was washing dishes and I had a realization about the Star Wars movies that the reason why the good guys kept on winning and the bad guys kept on losing was because the good guys could inherit knowledge from their predecessors. That's the only thing. That's the only distinction. The bad guys kept on getting tripped up by their own arrogance and wouldn't cooperate and wouldn't inherit from each other, especially generationally. And if you look at communism, that's it. It's like you cut off anybody who's not at the top. And so you stop this feedback loop of curiosity and knowledge sharing. And the reason why Luke could overcome his limitations was because he went and actually inherited from Yoda in the second mm-hmm. one, which is like, just he was having the worst time of his life. But his, Yoda was just like, chill, chill. You're just getting ready, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And so it's really, really important that we stay curious. Mm-hmm. And if we assert ourselves, we will destroy ourselves. So that's super important. Thank you for unpacking that. Man, I wish I, I had a Yoda. Yeah, me. I want a Yoda. <laughs> I wanted to get into these three levels of goals that he was talking about, because this is really cool too. So I hope you all out there have goals, but just so you know, there's three levels that he says we need in our lives to keep us fully engaged. And here they are. 
One is you need a mission statement for your life at large. Like some sense of like, this is the person I'm committed to being. This is what I want to bring to the world in my lifetime. This is who I want to show up as, this kind of things. You don't have to get into too much, but like some really clear sense of when you show up, oh, this is me. This is the me that I'm committed to being. That comes in the form of a mission statement. Then to have high, hard goals, which means he said these days he doesn't think of anything outside of three years because everything changes so much in our world that if you say 10 years, we have no idea what our world's going to look like in 10 years. It's so different. Mm -hmm. So, but something really big, really big that really stretches you and pushes you. But then to have clear goals as well, which are practical goals of like how you're going to accomplish these things in your life. And if you can have those three things and you can go through those five stages that I mentioned earlier, then you will be constantly moving forward in a clear direction in your life. And that's what I'm committed to helping create in high noon is the opposite of wasting your life and trying to escape it is to connect to life in such a deep way that you would never dare stray because you love it so much, because you're so engaged with it. When you're really in a conversation that you are so excited about, you just don't want to leave it. You don't want it to end. And that's what you want to have in your life is a conversation with life itself. Okay. So this is a great formula for this. And I don't say it's the answer that like one person has all the answers, but this guy's been studying for a while, this specific kind of stuff. And you can look at his repertoire of books. They're all kind of leading in this direction. And I think this is a great framework that we can start to adopt here in High Noon to start figuring out, okay, if not porn, then what? If not PMO, then what? If not trying to escape your life, then what? And I think honestly, these three level of goals to have them. And like I was saying earlier, Benji, that just the other day, I took out some big pieces of paper and I just started writing down like all these bits and pieces of things that I really wanted to do and put them all in one place. And some of them seemed really big. So I put them in one place of the paper. And then the more immediate stuff, I put in another place. Of paper. This is, I think, very natural to anybody who's like trying to get after life, trying to create something with their life. They'll naturally go through the process similar to this, what we just outlined gives a very clear structure to the process. So please go back. Again, five intrinsic motivators are curiosity, passion, purpose, autonomy, and mastery. The three levels of goals are mission statement, high hard goals, and clear goals, like practical. With those points in mind, please start looking at the fact that most people never set goals for their love, for their relationships. They just kind of leave it on to reactionary instinct, terrible idea. Set some goals for that, set some goals for your life. Do something meaningful with this life instead of wasting it online. And you won't be worried about a person who's so deeply engaged in creating an amazing, inspiring world for themselves and the people that they can influence are not worried at all about AI taking over the world because they're creating a world that even AI will want to be a part of. <laughs> AI was like, can I join you guys? And I'm like, let's think about it. <laughs> and so I believe that that's what true parents were trying to do. They're still trying to do it, but it's not up to them. It's never going to be outsourced to an organization or to anybody outside of you for you to be engaged with life itself. You got to do that work. That's the work of Heinen. That's the work of creating sexual integrity and a life of meaning. Good stuff. We need a gavel 
for when I go off like that. And just so you can say, here, here, or you can say, you're out of order, something. I do. I'll just say that. <laughs> All right. So guys, that was a lot, but it really boils down to those five intrinsic motivators and those three levels of goals. I think it's extremely important, bordering on non-negotiable to have something like this. You don't have to adopt these exact ones, but something like this in your life in order to stay engaged, in order to really be wide awake. And you want to be awake because this is the most exciting time in history. And we need more people who are awake, not who are kind of lulling themselves to sleep like most people are. So please join us. Join us in this reality that we can all concur is ours for the time being. Let's do it. Andrew's not that old, guys, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. He's still in the prime of his life. I'm just very young. That's all. He's 12 years old. 12. So thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you and reach out to us. We've been getting a lot more feedback lately. Please, by God, by golly, by gosh, let us know what you're thinking, where you're at. If you need our help or if you're thriving, we want to hear it all. So let us know. Reach out to us, admin at highnoon.org or reach out to us on Instagram. Anyway, find us. Talk to us. Adios, everybody. All right. See you. Hey, everybody. Andrew Love here. And I just wanted to let you know that we have completely revamped our offering known as the Ascend Program. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that the Ascend program has been our flagship porn recovery program for years. And we've added a lot of content, we've tweaked things here and there, but recently we've completely done an overhaul in terms of our approach to recovery. And here's why. You see, originally we tried to appeal to everybody and we just let everybody come in. Anybody who said that they wanted to tackle porn, we just let them join. And there's a very low barrier of entry. But what we found was that a lot of people who thought they were ready to tackle their porn addiction or who kind of wanted to, they didn't always show up in the best way. And they, in many cases, brought the group dynamic down. And so what we've done is we've made the barrier of entry a little higher. And in turn, we've made our offering much more powerful. Let me explain. So when you sign up now, there is a small fee for everybody to sign up, but you get that money back once you finish that quarter. It's in kind of an escrow as a challenge for you to take your time more seriously because if you put money into something and you're only going to get it back out if you really try, if you really attend your classes, if you really do all the work, then guess what? Your motivation to do that work is much higher. So that's the first thing. Second thing is we are, of course, offering our weekly call groups as a part of the Ascend program. So you'll have your group that you meet with every single week, and that's super important. But in addition to that, you're going to get daily accountability. You'll be able to message with somebody every single day in order to stay on track with your North Star goal. And more than that, every quarter you get two one-on-one -on -one calls with a high noon staff. That is a one-on-one -on -one call where we do a deep dive into where you're at and where you're going. And we help you to diagnose precisely what actions will be most useful for your time, for your energy, so that you can get the biggest results for your energy spent. So we are doing our best here at Highland to make sure that you grow the most in the shortest amount of time 
It's all a part of our new roadmap that we've created. Anyway, we've been doing this for a while, but we are always getting better and better. And this quarter, the first quarter in 2023 is going to be monumental. So please sign up for this Ascend program. Take it super seriously and just watch what happens. Watch how your life transforms in a short period of time.